Hello, social authority listeners. It is your friend and fearless leader, Amy Schmidauer. How are you? Thanks for being here. So I wanted to do something special today. Turns out it's not going to be as special as I would have liked because of technical difficulties. However, if you are willing to fight with technical difficulties, you may still enjoy this episode. So the reason why the name of this podcast is Social Authority, if you've been around a long time, the first name that this same podcast had was called The Marketing Lifestyle Show. And that changed to Social Authority because it's very in line with the purpose of my membership group, Social Authority Membership. And so anyway, what we do there is we talk about content creation and social media and doing things effectively in those areas in order to convert more sales, in order to uh, create larger audiences, and in order to grow as thought leaders. So we do a lot of masterminding over there. We talk and we ask each other questions. And I went there when I was tossing around names for the book. And I they're like the best focus group ever, not just for me, but each of them individually. Everyone that's in there gets to kind of chat with everyone and get opinions and say, has anyone tried this tactic? Should I do this? Should I do that? We basically get to use each other as... Um, business confidants and colleagues and mastermind partners. So with that in mind, that's kind of a brief overview of what's offered in Social Authority. One of the things that we do is we get together on a regular basis for a video live stream. And that live stream is typically Q&A with me. And so if you're familiar with Huzza, it's a video uh, conferencing platform. Essentially, I can bring people on camera, but usually it's just me on camera. Everyone's in chat sort of like asking questions and saying, here's what I'm working on right now. What do you suggest? And it's sort of some one-on-one time with me. I decided to change up the latest social authority mastermind Q&A to focus on one of the members. And so I had uh, one of our one of our members that's been around since the beginning, Jean Richet. He's in real estate in Ottawa, Canada. I had him come on and basically just asked him to talk about something that he's working on in his business. And we started talking about video creation. And so the conversation went really, really well. We talked about everything from your flow as a video creator and keeping up with content and keeping good ideas to personalized videos. And I actually thought the conversation around creating personalized videos, like literally making a video for one person. No, really, you're supposed to do that, but like literally one person, like emailing a person a video instead of an email. It's very effective if you're trying to kind of convert someone as a client. So we started talking about strategies for that. And I really thought that this discussion would come in very handy for you in particular to kind of hear what it's like to talk at sort of a higher level about content creation and online marketing to see how you can convert more sales, more clients, more customers. And so I wanted to share that Q&A with you. Unfortunately, Huzza is not as high quality as I would like it to. However, I am not going to let that hold me back. This episode could end up being terrible, but I don't care because I actually think there will be people that will stick it out and still find value in this. And so the gist of it is the audio kind of cuts in and out. You hear every word. It's just sort of an irritating cut in and out, but there's a lot of value here. And so maybe 
this will work out for you just fine. If you don't have a lot of patience for it, I completely understand. But if you're thinking about using video to create more customers for your business, it just might be worth you hanging out for. You're really going to hear in real time what we talked about for Jean that's effective for him to be thinking about reprioritizing video, how he should be thinking about getting his videos done on a regular basis. You'll get to hear us talk about that in real time. And I do find uh, to share these conversations tends to be really useful for people, even if they weren't there for them. And even if some of the things that we talk about are taken out of context a little bit and you may not follow the whole thing. Overall, the strategies that we talk about are extremely useful. So I'm going to let it play. I talked to Jean Richet and he's totally fine with me sharing this audio. This is typically not shared uh, because it is a paid membership group, but he said it was totally fine. And I would love it if you would go check out his stuff, especially if you need to know somebody in the Ottawa real estate genre, area, place, know-how. And so I will leave a link to his info in the description, in the show notes, but you can just go to jeanrichet.com. Of course, it's sort of a French name, so you probably have no idea what I'm saying, and um, I'm not going to do what I always do, which is butcher his name so that you... and hear it in an Americanized way. That's not right. That's not fair. Anyway, go check out his stuff in the show notes. And I am going to play our mastermind chat with Jean-Michel in Social Authority Membership Group. Here we go. Cool. All right. Timer's on. Let's go, people. Jean-Michel, what's happening? What are you struggling with? What can we work on today? So my biggest struggle is I have no worries about, you know, getting in front of a camera, doing videos, uploading. So that's not my concern. My biggest thing is staying consistent and making sure that I create my videos on a regular basis because I'm not afraid of the camera. Mm-hmm. So it's having topics and the videos that I do, like I did one today announcing an open house that we're having this weekend. So I just stood in front of the house, did my video, edit, mm-hmm. upload, good to go. And, but it's like, okay, now, now the next thing is I'm trying to think of other ideas of what to do, when to do them um, and, and being consistent in my video blogging. Mm-hmm. So would you say that a vast majority of your videos right now are announcing an open house? No, I mean, uh, I'm representing a builder. So I do open houses there every weekend, Sunday, two to four. So I think if I, op- if I announce that open house every Sunday, people are going to get bored because it's yeah. the same thing okay. over and over okay, again. Good. Good. Uh, the one I did today is a, is a listing. It's a new listing and I have actually another agent doing the open house. So I'm just pushing it out to help my listing and also help my my clients. So I blog about different things such as, you know, uh, the stats in the the market industry, you know, the the average price, average sale. Um, I talk about, you know, when something new comes up on the market uh, related to real estate. Now they're, you know, just recently there's a a bigger government rebate for first-time home buyers. So I'll be doing a blog tomorrow on that. Cool. So it's always sort of like real estate related, but not just about my listings. Okay. So cool. trying to give information to people. So do you think you have a lack of ideas then? I mean, like I, I would like to see you get a little bit more out, even more outside of real estate. Now the, the first time home buyer credit situation, that's something that that's timely and that's fantastic content right now. So any way that you right. can hit home run on that is a good thing. Um, but I'm just wondering how, 
interesting, like I know that I'm not, I'm not saying that the rates and sort of like standard information that people might be curious about at any given moment aren't interesting. I just wonder if they're more interesting for people who already know who you are. And I'm just trying to think a little bit more outside the box in terms of like, if people don't know you exist yet, how are we making sure that you're being discovered? So let me backtrack a little bit. Are you only doing video on YouTube right now or where else is video going? My videos are going on my, I, I first I put them up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I also put them up directly on Facebook because that is definitely a big, um, I'm, I'm getting tons of more views there, which is sure. fine. Uh, and then I put them on my my personal website, my mm-hmm. Uh And then I also have a blogging website, which is real estate related. Um, and then I put them on, you know, links on my Instagram, my Twitter. Um, I links do a little to, bit. Of- links to the YouTube video or to like the video in a blog post or like how does that work when you use those other networks? Yeah, when I use the other networks, I try to like during the first 48 hours and I forget if I learned that from you or mm-hmm. from somebody else. Probably I send them to YouTube just to get the more views. And then after that, I Good. push them out to my website because I want people to come to my website. And they're being it's still YouTube then, but it's embedded in the website. Yes, that's correct. Cool. So I'm curious about how's engagement on Facebook for you? I do, I do get a fair amount of people watching, but as far as comments and things like that, it's not always, there's not as much as I would like. Okay. And how long are the video, how long are the videos on average? You're not, you're not changing them really at all for Facebook, correct? No, it's the same video going on YouTube and Facebook at the same time. Okay, cool. So there's, I just want to talk about this and whether you know it or not, John, it's for kind of everybody. There is like a big misconception that just because a feature exists that you should use it and and Facebook video is a huge opportunity and you should be using it and you're you're doing well by your page by at least using it. So that's good. But it's not too surprising to me that engagement may or may not be where you would like it to be because even I don't get great engagement on my native video uploads if I have not made the changes to it that need to happen for it to be good in a Facebook environment. And I'm sorry if I've talked about this before you guys, but this is really important. Like YouTube versus Facebook, it's it may seem similar in the way that you can upload a video there and it'll go out to a community but YouTube is an intentional view and Facebook is unintentional. It's just happening when they're in the feed. So on YouTube, somebody press play based on your thumbnail, your headline, whatever, or maybe they saw it in a social feed, et cetera. On Facebook, it's just playing for them in the feed. So are you guys familiar with DRock, Gary Vaynerchuk's videographer? A few of us are. You know, we just had this hilarious discussion the other night when we were watching the election at a bar and it was really funny how much he's like, you guys should not be uploading a single thing to Facebook without captions, period. And that may or may not mean the caption file feature with Facebook. But if you notice, and just go look at Gary's stuff, because it will open your mind so big. Um, and, and this may or may not pertain to groups that that's up for interpretation, but when your stuff is, I mean, I guess it's the same. If your stuff is showing on the newsfeed because somebody liked your page and they're probably never going to that page, only seeing you on their feed. If this video is just scrolling past them, they're probably not actually listening to it. And that's why I don't get into the habit of uploading native very often. And when I do, I do go in and I either edit in the captions the way I want them to look aesthetically, which is why I said, go check out Gary's stuff, because I'm pretty sure they 
they they sometimes use the caption file, which is automated by Facebook, and other times they will edit it in just because they want it to look a certain way for him. So it's a, it's kind of worth the extra work to do that. Um, that's so critical because otherwise you're getting a lot of inflated views from Facebook. The upside to that is at the minimum, pretty much anything you post on Facebook is going to perform a little bit better because you're uploading native videos. So there's a good rapport happening with the page. So the next thing you post will hopefully do well also, even if it's not a native video. So for instance, sometimes I'll upload a native video just to wake my page up a little bit more where the next couple of things are likely to be images pointing to a YouTube link, because that's what I would prefer. And those images therefore do a little bit better because I've built up this rapport with Facebook that I do native video. I'm making them happy on some level and then putting them in another direction. So that's sort of like a tangent on Facebook video. But I just wanted to mention that for anybody that's thinking about it, it's not the same. If your video on Facebook is not visually compelling, it is not going to win. It may show an inflated number of views just depending, but if people aren't clicking through and only 15% of the time are people listening to audio, it's probably not accomplishing what you want it to do. And that's what I'm afraid of for you, John. John, I don't think that that's probably happening for you. Yeah, because if you, <clears throat> I'm seeing the views, like there's always a lot more views on, on Facebook, mm -hmm. but like I know if somebody watches, I think it's 10 seconds that counts as a view. Right. So... I know that, you know, if I'm getting, you know, 14 or 1500 views, there's not necessarily 1500 people watching my videos that are a minute, minute and a half, right. two at the max. Right. So that's, I'm real, realize that. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like a minute is so long in these worlds and we don't think it's long at all, especially when we come from a YouTube space. But um, yeah, you're... What's interesting is I'm just curious if there's like a core moment in your videos that 15 or 30 seconds of it could go to Facebook. And then if for some reason people needed to watch the whole thing, you can link to that. Think about that. I've mm -hmm. tried to do this. I haven't seen a ton of success, but it's at least worth entertaining. I would take the, the 10 or 15 either the teaser moment, like where I'm telling you what I'm about to talk about, or the best moment of the video, upload that native to Facebook. And in the caption say, watch the whole thing on YouTube. So that if you were brought in by that, by that video, that really short snippet, you might go watch it on YouTube. And that's going to perform better because it's a native video. So Facebook reads it as native video, but you're linking to a YouTube. Anyway, that's only worked somewhat for me because if I only upload uh, sort of the teaser, if it's not visually compelling and like the pictures aren't changing and it's like not really catching your attention, it's still not going to be any different than my normal video. Cause I'm just a talking head saying, and now we're mm -hmm. about to talk about blah, blah, blah. And if they didn't hear me say that they have no reason to click that YouTube link. So you have to understand there's a balance here. Um, so yeah, so just, just some thoughts there. Um, but kind of back to the topic ideas thing, um, I think you're paying good attention to that in terms of like what in real estate you want to be talking about so people will know you for it. But I'm just curious if there's stuff that you can get even further outside of the box on um, to get people that don't know who you are in. And so let's say, let's just have a whole lot of fun here. It's, um, um, you know, oh, I guess I just, uh, there's, there's one that everybody loves to do is like the five biggest mistakes that 
so-and-sos do or whatever. So that's one, that's one way to go. But like, if we were doing something visually compelling, let's say on Facebook to either grow awareness there or, um, just make something visually compelling happen a little bit more. So they'll see the next thing about the, the reports on the current industry, uh, the current landscape, et cetera, you know, like five easy ideas for fall to decorate your house outside or something like that. That's why these things work. Right. And I know that probably sounds like so, you know, annoying for someone that's in real estate versus someone that's in, you know, design or, or decorating or something. But the reality is that it's in the same ballpark. Right. And so if someone's thinking about decorating their house or God, I need to make my house look prettier because I hate it, then maybe that's going to lead them to a, Oh, maybe I want to buy a house and this guy helped me and that building that rapport. Mm-hmm. And then the reason I say that specific example is because you can, you can envision right now what that video looks like. And yes. it's not just you in it. Like you could throw some fall leaves in there, a picture of a, what a great house looked like. And because you're adding these overlays and making the eyes move around a lot, you're going to perform better specifically on, on Facebook, but this would be great on YouTube as well. So basically make a, a bit of a short version of it on Facebook to bring them to be, you know, maybe a bit of a longer video discussing it a little bit more in details of each, you know, the top five things to do to get your house ready for if fall. The whole, but if the whole video is like, here's, here's, let me, let me retract what I said a tiny bit. The teaser th- idea was for us talking heads. So if that fall decor video, if you had like a different visual happening and it's like a, it's like a one minute video and there's a different visual happening frequently enough that somebody feels pulled in by it, you may not have to do the extended version teaser situation. If you don't really actually care if that's pointing back to your YouTube channel, maybe you do. If you do, then obviously that's the right way to go. But if it's just to make sure that it's in the right context for Facebook, you just have to make sure that they're going to love it for the, for the duration of it so that when it comes onto the feed, they'll go into it. So yes, the teaser video, teaser video idea is good if you need to get people to a YouTube presence in order to appreciate it. That's sort of how I think about it. Um, mm-hmm. like the video I posted today is really long, not a lot of change up of the camera and you have to really like me to watch it. It would absolutely die on Facebook. I would get a bunch of fake views, but no one would really be watching it. Um, the video that I did about how to plan your day was moving fast enough that I could have gotten away with it visually in a Facebook environment. So I think you have to judge things on a couple of different, um, so, but to this topic of like, video ideas. Maybe that's just an invitation for you to expand your buckets a little bit, right? So you kind of have the bucket of like real estate landscape in Ottawa nailed. Like you mm-hmm. can you can come up with a video on that anytime, any place because yeah. it's like just a renewal of some kind. So maybe there's just a bucket missing here that would help you kind of diversify the content a little bit more. Does that make okay. sense? Like the fall decor thing would be like a very different bucket than like the the forecasting bucket. And so I'm one, so you guys have heard me talk about buckets a lot before. I think with that, you're going to start to see all the new opportunities right in front of you to create a video. And then when something occurs to you, it goes in a bucket and then you've laid these out in an editorial calendar. And I've had this conversation with you, I think before in terms of getting the videos done on time, you just got to be batching and you can't really batch if you don't have the ideas. And if you don't have the ideas that, you know, the buckets don't matter, but if the buckets aren't there, it's even worse because you don't have a place to kind of put things when it's like, okay, 
ready to ready to hammer this one out when it's time again. I just mm-hmm. think you need a I just think you need a batching schedule. Yeah. And I think that's where I find it difficult a little bit more difficult because I can, you know, I can pump out the videos, no issues. It's just a matter of coming up with the ideas and and just taking it, you know, an hour or two to do, you know, four or five, six videos, and I can just pump them out, keep it as private, and then just right. make them public when I'm ready to go. Right. But I did do I know we had talked about a while back about doing a like a 14 tips on buying your home and you would give me the idea to keep it sort of like hidden so it's not free information everybody gets. Mm-hmm. So I did create that 14 tip series and I, I'm doing, I'm, I just started again doing uh, Facebook ads for, you know, 14 tips for buying your new home. Cool. And then it's just, they have to register and then they get 14 videos in an email format through BombBomb nice. and it just comes into their email. So I capture their first name and their email address. Nice. How's that working? So, it's working out really well. I mean, I'm getting people to to register. Now it's the next step of staying in touch, following up the next level. Because it's great to have all these people coming into the database, but I need to convert them into, into leads. So at the beginning, I was just going to do 14 videos, throw them up on YouTube, and hopefully somebody was going to watch it. But there was no way of capturing their info. Right. But with your help, it was like, okay, I'm going to do it this way so I can capture their information. Now it's just trying to convert them into actual leads that are going to buy a house. Sure. So once all of those emails go out and you guys, if you want to learn more about BombBomb, ask Jean Rocher later, because it really is a great video tool for email marketing. So um, he can fill you in on that later, but it essentially allows you to seamlessly email video through email. Um, so anyway, what happens after those 14 days when they're on a list? So right now I'm just following up. Again, I have to implement a new system to make sure they go into my database, my other database to, to give them like a drip campaign, you know, more tips on, you know, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. You know, interest rates are going up uh, just to try to get them to to meet with me to actually start looking at homes. Okay, cool. And I know sometimes people you know, even more and more today, people will do a lot more research before actually going out to buy a home. So these 14 tips are more, it could be somebody that listens to it today, might might buy a house like like next summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, putting him into my contact management system to to stay in touch with him. But I also don't want to be emailing these people every day because they're just going to unsubscribe. Totally. You definitely don't so, want to do that, but I guess if you, can you tell me in specifics, like, okay, day 14 happens. What is, I mean, maybe the front facing view of this, what is, what is happening to them like next from you? So maybe they don't know that you're having to import them to some other thing. And I actually would, would entertain like a, a different idea, but we can talk about that. I, I guess I'm curious. Like, I'm the user. I got day 14. What happens with me next? What's the next email I get? Is it an automated email or is it personalized? It's a personalized email that, again, I, I still do with BombBomb because it's video. They see. And the reason I'm doing the, the video is that they get to see me. They get to hear me. They get to, you know, I've got this little French accent coming out. So they what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a personalized, you know, do you have any questions or anything I can help you with? And it's personalized to their their name. So this way, it's not just, you know, like the 14 emails that go out are just automated. 
So it's for everybody. Sure. Everybody gets the same thing. But the last one on day 15, it's a, it's a personalized email to them with a video asking them if there's anything I can help them with. Okay, cool. How are but you, how are you personalizing it in the video? Just, specifically? Yeah, in the video. So I'll, I'll open up my bomb bomb, create an email and send them an email. Hi, you know, hi, Amy, thanks for watching my 14 tips on buying a home. If there's anything I can help you with, or if you have any other questions, reach out to me or I can always, you know, I'm always available. So just being there for them, mm -hmm. but I haven't been able to get anybody else, you know, coming back to say, yes, let's meet. Okay. First of all, I guess I want to say like, that sounds cool. Like the fact, I mean, like, but I wonder how much time you're spending on that. Cause at some point the idea would be, you wouldn't be able to scale that. Like that's right. Um, so anyway, but I love that because the personalized video thing, like all day, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's very effective for converting people. But that being said, I also think that this is still very top of funnel where they are. They're, they, they've mm -hmm. gotten these tips and they may or may not be looking at them every day and sort of at the end. I'm wondering if like they're sort of like a middle of the road commitment they can take with you. And and what I think you were saying was that you need to move people from bomb bomb to another system. Is that right? Yeah, I can so, I can do that or I could if I had something that would keep going, I could keep them in bomb bomb. So, but I'm curious if your system that you would be ideally moving them to is one that could operate another lead magnet. Yes. So with that being said, why why can't we maybe get them to I don't know. I don't know if I like lead magnet. I guess I was just trying to get the concept of what it can do, but how do we get someone to say those tips were really useful and mm -hmm. yes, I'm interested in the next step, but we're not buying for another year. So I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to call you. So they're not going to message you back. They're not going to email you back. Maybe they will email like, I'm not interested for a while, but I'm interested in you. There's no like room for that middle ground. That's just like, I just kind of want to hang and see what happens next until I'm ready. And so maybe there's a way for you to stop having to totally manually move them over to the new system and then move themselves because that last email or the next email, or maybe you okay. do a series of a few more, that next email could say, so you're clearly thinking about buying a house. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe it is, but here's the next step that I would advise for you after you've had those 14 tips, sort of like, what's the next thing, right? And then if you wanted to, I guess it doesn't have to be this way, that could be a lead magnet onto the next system. So you get them to convert themselves. Um, I just see that as a scalable opportunity. If you like moving them manually, that's fine. But I just don't, I hate to see you in a situation of, having a full list of people that you're really not sure want to buy versus like, this is a list of people I'm not sure want to buy, but they've certainly been receptive to my marketing. So they're here. And these are people that have definitely indicated to me that they want to buy. So maybe having them cross a bridge in a certain way that makes sense for them because they want that next thing. But that next thing is a tiny bit more committal and at least in terms of content, right? Like, Hmm. Like, I don't, I, I like something like a, even, it could be even be like a survey, like tell me about your dream home. Like what does that dream home look like? And then they actually have to join the list to take the survey. And then you get even more details from like, well, if this guy's going to find me my dream home, then maybe I will hang out for him to let me do that. I guess I'm just mm -hmm. trying to figure out what is that next 
bigger commitment they could take with you to move themselves over to your prospect list from the very light Facebook ad lead list. So maybe putting them on, I like my, cause I know that's one thing I wanted. My 2016 goal was to grow my email list. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting them on, and again, I haven't, been, but it's, it's one of the projects I want to, now it's going to be 2017. Mm-hmm. So put them on my 2017 email newsletter that at least they'll hear once a month from me mm-hmm. and then do it in that last email. So, you know, to, to stay in touch or to get more leads about or more information about the local real estate market, you know, click here, join my, my list. Yes. But no one's going to click that. Like the, the no. key, the, no, they, I think, I think the plan is good. It's sort of like the features, right? Yes. You're going to get yeah. updates. Yes. You're going to get all these things. Those are all like details that are not really going to incentivize me right now. Yes. I want to stay in touch with you. I think that sending them an email once a month, all of those things are fine, but the incentive to make them go from 14 tips to, I want to stay in touch with you because I think that you could promise be a promising um, partner for me to find my next home. Stay tuned is not going to be compelling enough. I just don't think so. So um, you could test it, but that's why I was thinking like, what is a thing that would make them at least consciously take a next step to indicate where they are in their buyer um, timeline? Uh, Okay. That could be the thing that, that moves them over or that's too complicated. And it's just another like friendly lead magnet. And then you pull them Mm -hmm. into monthly emails, but telling them you're going to get regular updates from me is just sort of like a, then why do I want it? But if there's something they want and that's a byproduct of it, I think they're more interested. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. I think a survey is a good idea because then it'll show me their interest. If it's, you know, are you looking at buying in the next 30 days, three months, six Mm -hmm. months, 12 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and then maybe. That, I, I love that. I love the survey idea. I just came up with it. I think the survey has to be really uh, compelling uh, so that they're like, yeah, I want to fill out the details, but also not too difficult. You're not trying to give them like a 30 question survey or something. Um, just right. depending, but like just what their palette, right? So get them to think about like, oh, I don't know what it, what color would it be? You know what I mean? Like get them to just like get out of their process of like the normal scrolling, the MLS, et cetera. So yeah, I think, I think that's a fun idea and it's worth testing regardless if that doesn't work and you're still seeing that the personalized video, the survey, these things are moving people over, then we just try something else. Right. Yeah, no, I think the survey, and again, I think people like to, to say, okay, this would be my dream home would have, ABC, right? right? Let them do a little bit of dreaming right? with, you know, the survey would sort of like qualify them. Yes, no, right away or in a year from now, but right. what would be your ideal dream home if you could buy it today? And, and the reason why I really like this is as, as much as I adore, you are sending people personalized videos. I would rather you be spending that energy on people that have already indicated to you that they're like ready, right? In some way. So, so check this out. So they get the 14 emails. You, you send them a static video. that's like, wow, that's so awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Like, Hey, if you're actually thinking about a home, I would love to hear like what kind of homes that you like, because I'm always trying to stay up to date on this. And I have a three, five, 10 question survey. Click here. They get there and they fill out that survey. They Think about the video, you, the personalized video you send at that point. Hey, I just wanted to let you know I found this house, this house, and this house. If you have any interest, let me know. That's a more tactical, let yeah. me know if I can help you versus let me know if I can help you. You know what I mean? I, I, I just think that that gives you a better 
a better personalized email that's actually worth watching. Um, and we just talked a lot about this at the Tony Robbins event. Meredith can can um, can attest to this if I think she was in the business sessions. But they really talked about being personable. But it wasn't like you had to qualify someone. They wanted you to be personable with everyone. But when they were saying it, I could tell it was like, well, if someone's been on the phone with you, has gone through a proposal for a consultant, and they're still asking questions or whatever, you know, continuing to to keep in contact with them, send them a personalized video message. At least you know where they are in the funnel. The other thing, and this is this is wide net, but they were talking about LinkedIn a lot as well, which is always fun because no one in the social media space likes to talk about LinkedIn right now. Yeah. But yeah, so first of all, that's another funny thing. Gary Vaynerchuk at, at Inbound was like, can we all take a, a take an oath to not send mass LinkedIn messages anymore? Please stop. Because here's the reality. You can find if you're, especially if you're in B2B space, I don't know how that works for you, Jean, but you can find anybody you want to talk to on LinkedIn. So if you go and find them by their title, get their contact information and send them a personalized video message. Hey, Joe, I just wanted you to know the top five mistakes people make when they hire a marketing agency. Here they are. If you have any more questions, let me know. And I just did you a favor and I personalized it based on whatever your company is. Right. I think being more careful about the personalized videos will make them more worthwhile for you. Okay. Well, that makes a, <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense because it's it's just I'm I'm sending videos and I'm not getting the response I mm -hmm. want to get because I think you're right. Like I mean, every realtor there's over three thousand realtors in Ottawa, mm -hmm. and everybody's like, you know, if I can help you, I'm here to help you. Right. So it's it's trying to be different than everybody else. Yeah. And I know that you know just because I have I do videos doesn't mean that you know the thousand people a month that are buying houses in Ottawa are going to call me. Right. So right. it's more of a long-term process that, you know, I have over 700 videos on my YouTube channel. So like, I know that if I go into a listing appointment, it's like, you know, I use video because video is where you should be. Right. You know, all the other realtors in Ottawa have, you know, 20, 30, maybe 50 or even a hundred, but I haven't seen anybody else with over 700 videos. So. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah, I just I want to see I want to see better results for those those video all of your videos because I don't want you to get burnt out and I think that could be a, a, a this is an indication of the schedule issue that it will lead to burnout. So really outlining maybe some new buckets so that more people can find out who you are, not just the people that already are following in some sense and then therefore getting updates about the market. Really get out of your box because I think that's also what we have to do to stand out these days. And, um, and then also being more careful about those personalized videos. I think that'll help you a lot. The schedule is just completely up to you. It's mm -hmm. just going to fly when you, when you have it. It's that people don't keep track of their ideas to kind of drive themselves forward. Right. Okay, that's no, that's definitely uh, a lot of help. I think the survey is definitely a good idea. And then I'll definitely implement that and start pushing it out a little bit more. Awesome. You have 43 seconds. Do you have any other things you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, that was like the know. best timing ever was what I was Perfect. No, this is good. No, excellent. If you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it as always. I know that that audio was a little bit difficult, but I did want to get this episode out there. I wanted you to know about Jean Richet. I wanted you to know about these strategies. And so forgive me for that technical stuff. I would really like to do this again, like the upside of it, not the downside. So that means I need to make sure I figure out 
um, another way to record other than Huzza because I don't think that it's going to be reliable just yet. Um, and that's partially because it's a video recording. So because of the video aspect, it probably slowed down a bit. Usually audio recording isn't so bad. Anyway, podcaster problems. Hey, if you want to learn more about Social Authority Membership, if you would like to have one of these one-on-one chats and have a group of people that you can mastermind with, go to socialauthoritymembership.com. You can learn all about how to become an annual member there. And more of these hopefully to come should the members uh, participate and want me to share with you. I would just love to let you see a little bit more behind the curtain while we talk about at a high level. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Links to Jean Richet are in the description. I'd love for you to go check out his stuff if you have any ideas for him as well that may have popped up in this conversation. And until next time, if you are celebrating Thanksgiving this week, have a lovely, lovely holiday. I will be doing so in Wallingford, Connecticut. And I hope that you spend some time with family regardless and you think about what you want so you can go after it. All right? Until next time. Cheers.